Hey everybody, this is Keach Rainwater again for Designated Drummer. And I just thought this time, this episode, I would talk a little bit about practice makes perfect because it really does. Um, when I started out as a young drummer, I wished I could practice all the time. I really wanted to. I just couldn't get enough of it. And I think that that is really what kind of made me the drummer that I am today is I really just dived in, dove into the whole practice, uh, you know, the whole practice paradigm of figuring out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to learn and what I wanted to play and what I wanted to make better. And I just couldn't get enough of it. I just wanted to practice all the time. And at that time in high school, my stepdad had sort of a rule that when he got home from work at like 5 or 5.30 or 6 or whenever it was, that um, I had to stop practicing. So I had a little brief window of time after school that I could come in and I could work things out and practice. And if um, he would go out or something for you know a few hours or something like that, it was kind of my opportunity to practice. And I just kept doing that, and I would just try and practice and practice on things that I wanted to learn and stuff like that. And um, then when I started taking lessons, like private lessons, uh, my teacher, his name was Sam Wilson, great teacher. And it was at the sort of the, in Garland, Texas, it was sort of at the local music store, Arnold and Morgan. Uh, and a friend of mine and I, another drummer friend of mine and I, we took, we ride, ride shared over to the music store to take turns taking lessons from this teacher. So it'd be like a 30-minute lesson. We'd go in, and he would teach me for 30 minutes. And then my friend would, um, and I cannot remember his name. Um, I know his last name was Simone. But um, anyway, uh, he would go in. Bill, yeah, Bill, that was his name, Bill. Bill would go in and do his lesson while I just rummaged around the store and looked at symbols and dreamed of, like, you know, buying all the drum equipment in there. And um, so, yeah, we had a good time doing that. And I just remember... That when I, before I started taking lessons from Sam, I thought I was okay. I thought I was a pretty good drummer. You know, I could play drum beats and I could play what I heard on the radio mostly. But when I started taking lessons from Sam, something happened in my mind that sort of opened up another channel that I never knew was there of creativity and trying different things that I, because I would always sort of just practice things that I knew how to play and that I was that I knew I was good at I would just play those just for fun and if there was a new song that I wanted to learn off the radio or off of a record or something like that I would put the headphones on and I would play along with it and I could you know it wasn't a problem it wasn't anything terribly difficult um, but when I started taking lessons from Sam you know I started reading a little bit of drum music and that kind of thing and I just when I would practice I noticed I was trying different things. I was watching him play and the way he would play things and the way he held his sticks and the way he his posture was and I would sort of emulate what he was doing. And I don't know. I just something in my brain opened up and I just noticed that I was trying things that I'd never tried before. And I uh, remember he was telling me that that I was his best student. Um that in other words, the other students would come in each week and they would really sort of take their lesson and they really wouldn't progress very far you know they would sort of be stuck in the same 
you know, sort of patterns and things like that. They weren't really moving forward very much, but everything that Sam gave me to work on, I would go and work on it and go past that. And I would go, I would try different things even harder. And I would come back to our next week lesson. It was on Saturday. I would come back the next Saturday. And this went on for a lot, probably, um, I don't know, uh, six months or probably about a year or something like that. Uh, every Saturday, and uh, I would bring in things that I wanted to learn off of a record or something like that, and then he would teach me things that he thought that I needed to work on, and he told me that I was his best student, and I thought that was very, um, I don't know, it was it was just kind of encouraging to me that he thought that I that I was his most progressing student. I was the most, you know, every time I came for another lesson, I had learned what he taught me, and I was ready for something new where a lot of his other drummers were just kind of like in the same rut. They were just kind of learning the same things over and over again. But um, that was really encouraging to me because I really I was like a sponge. I wanted to, I really wanted to learn. Um, so I would just say to a drummer that's maybe starting out new and thinking about being a, a pro drummer, take the time to practice. Set aside at least 30 minutes a day every day if you can, and I, I know that sometimes things come up and you can't do it every day, but if you can, at least 30 minutes a day, whether it's a practice pad or on a full kit, and my thought about electronic kits is this. I think electronic kits are fine. They're they're good for some practice things, but if you're going to play real drums, you should practice real drums, and I think that most pro drummers would probably tell you that. There's just something about the way when you hit that drum the velocity that you hit it and the just the feel of it, the way it's laid out, everything about it, the way it sort of reacts when you hit it, the bounce, everything, it's a real drum. And if you want to be a real, you're going to play a real kit and you're going to be a real drummer and you should play a real kit. And I think that, that maybe, uh, you know, electronic kits are fine for some things, you know, for practicing and stuff like that. But really, if you practiced an electronic kit, all your you know, practicing, and then you went to go play a real kit, I don't don't think it would be the same thing. It wouldn't have the same feel to it. So uh, practice a real kit, and at least 30 minutes a day, whether it's on a practice pad, you know, on a, like a, just a little rubber practice pad, practicing your rudiments, or if you do get a, a place or, you know, some kind of a place to practice, like a basement or a little room or something that you can put some padding up or something like that so you don't bother your neighbors too much. Which, when I was growing up, I really did bother my neighbors, my family, my neighbors. I put everybody through the most punishing uh, time listening to me practice all the time. It was very monotonous. And I remember um, my uh, mother had a roommate, and she had a daughter that was about my age, like just out of high school. And I remember her coming up to me one time. She goes, could you just—it sounds good, but could you play something different? Like, it's just like the same thing over and over again. So I think I was listening— to like a Boston record or something like that. Um, and I was just playing the same beat. But um, when my mom had a, uh, when my mom got divorced and then her and I moved into uh, an apartment, we had uh, this little warehouse that she rented that had some of her furniture and some boxes and things like that that she didn't have room for in the apartment. And she, t- I think it was like 10 feet by 20 feet. And at this particular place, they let you practice in there. They, the bands were rehearsing, and you could rent the place. And I think it was like 70 bucks a month or something like that. 
And my mom told me that she says, I'll pay for it. I don't mind paying if you practice in there, but you'll have to move. If you can move all the stuff, all my stuff out of the way and make yourself a space, you can have whatever's left over. So, oh my gosh, I went in there and I had within about an hour, I had all her furniture and boxes and everything all backed up into the back, probably three feet of that warehouse of that 10 by 20. So I had about like, I don't know what, 17, 16, 17 feet by 10. That was mine. That was my rehearsal place. So I set my full kit up in there and I would just go in. Even when it was freezing cold in the winter, I would go in there and no heat or anything. And I would just start playing and my body heat would keep me warm because there was no heat in there. And in Texas back then, um, well, still it would get down pretty cold. And uh, I remember almost freezing in there until I started playing. And then you know, when I, I would just, my body heat would warm me up. And I remember one time I was speaking of practice, I was having trouble with my triplets. Now triplets is where you go kick drum and then your right hand, say it's on the floor tom, and then your left hand on a high tom, and you just rotate that like that with like kick, right hand, left hand, kick, right hand, left hand, those triplets. I was having trouble making those even, you know, when I was young, when I was about, I was about 19, and I was having trouble with that. When I would try to play them fast, it would, they would sound like a train wreck, you know. So, I just thought, well, you can't hurt anything. I'm just going to go in my little warehouse practice thing. One of the first things I practiced on was, I'm going to try and get my triplets down better. So, I decided that I was going to spend one full hour of just playing triplets without stopping one full hour of nothing but triplets. And I did that. I, I, I set my little, you know, I looked at my watch, you know, set it, set the timer and I started playing triplets. I slowed them down. I sped them up. I tried to keep them even and I didn't stop for one hour. And I just, I just made my muscles do that. And you know what? I've never had a problem with triplets since then. I'm just the, something about the muscle memory or something it worked out that whatever that was, I was having a problem with that lazy sort of left hand or whatever it was with the triplets, it totally fixed that problem. And uh, that to me, I guess now it seems a little insane to spend an hour doing triplets like that. But back then, I just wanted to solve that problem. I just thought that was the best way to do it was just to play until my arms were ready to fall off. And then I remember the next time I went to go do a drum solo or whatever and I did triplets, it was like my muscle memory kicked in. And it was the most awesome thing because I was like, oh, man, I can do triplets now. So I always remembered in my mind that if I ever had a problem with anything, that I would just spend uh, an insane amount of time working working that out. Like working, if it was a lick that I had a hard time with or something with my left hand, I would just spend like at least an hour doing just that, you know. And it seemed to really, it's worked for me so far. You know, um, practice makes perfect. And uh, I have heard, stories about a drummer named Travis Barker, you know, he plays with Blink-182, very famous drummer, very, very amazing young drummer, well, he, I don't know if he's really young anymore, but I mean, he's younger than me, and uh, he, I had seen where he would practice up to, from six to eight hours a day, to me, that just, I, I can't even fathom practicing I can imagine rehearsing because you know rehearsing you play and you stop and you talk about things and you work things out and you take a break and you have lunch and you rehearse but practicing is kind of a solid you, you're just playing all the time and um, 
six to eight hours. And, and when you watch Travis Barker play, you totally get it. You totally see. I can see that eight hours of practice on his when he plays in his arms, the way he plays. I can totally see that that's what he did because, you know, he's an athlete. He's a true athlete. And uh, that, imagine six to eight hours of playing would condition yourself so much to where just doing an hour and a half show or a two hour show or whatever would be nothing for him. You know, it's just like, it's like a walk in the park. Um, and it's all muscle memory. You know, it's a repetition moving around and playing the same lick and the repetition of what you're doing. And you just keep that going. You keep that going. And, um, it's bound to work itself out and you you just can't not be a great drummer if the more you practice i cannot imagine anybody practicing for an insane amount of time what i would think in the same insane amount of time at least you know more than an hour or two or three or whatever and not be a great drummer it's just got to be and so you know practice makes perfect um and i would say definitely one thing that you should do as a drummer is you know, in your practice routines, is get out of your comfort zone. I've seen drummers before make, not their mistake, it's not really a mistake, It's just, but I see them get caught in a rut where they can play one or two good things, kind of good, you know. They can do fills and they can do these things, um, and they tend to just do that only. They just stick with that. Oh, I can play that. It's really easy for me. I'm just, I just be real good at that one thing. But to get out of your comfort zone and figure out what do I need what needs work? What what do I have problems with? And for me personally, my left hand, I can do a lot of things with my right hand because I'm right-handed, but when my left hand it tends to get a little bit lazy, so I would tend to practice on things where I would play more with my left hand than I would with my right. So if I'm playing a drum beat, I would, um, I would double up on my left hand and I would play things that sort of woke up the muscle in my left hand a little bit more because it tends to I have a weak left hand, you know, and so I'm right-handed. Um, and over the years, it has really, really helped a lot, especially doing on the practice pad, practicing on the practice pad, and really waking up that left hand. And I heard that uh, years ago, I think I read in Modern Drummer Magazine, that uh, Phil Collins, his warm-up routine to wake up, because I think he had the same problem. Well, he's left-handed, but he uh, to wake up his, I guess, his weaker hand is his right hand, um, he would do this routine where you you go on the practice pad, you just go uh, right, 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 left, 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 right. You do it four times each, and then you do eight times on the right, eight times on the left, and keep a rhythm. So you go uh, right, 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 left, 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 right, 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 left, 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 right, 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 left, 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 and you just keep doing that, and you bring it back down to four, and then you'd go back up to eight per side, and that tends to kind of work out that, warms up the muscle really good, and so then when you're playing, say, a beat where you're, you have to play two or three hits with your, real fast with your left hand or your, your weaker hand, then you've already warmed it up by hitting it eight times in a row like that, so, you know, it's just a, like a football player stretches or warms out or warms up his muscles and before a game, it's kind of the same thing, and that was a, that was a really good, um, I thought, that helped me a lot, um, just practicing and warming up the right hand and the left hand and like that. Um, one of the things that I do on the practice pad that I think is a great thing to do, and I'm going to mention that in this podcast, I'm going to give you five uh, things that you can practice 
that are sort of like routines that that will make you a better drummer. If you practice, like, like let's say uh, five days a week, and uh, each one of these five things, you do one each day. So, and I'll start with the first thing that I'm going to talk about is programming and practicing with a drum machine. Drum machines nowadays are pretty cheap. You can get them used. You can, you can even program one on your phone. There's even little apps on your phone that you can program different beats and things like that in. And that's such a useful thing as a drummer. You know, I know you, you just want to play drums and play and that kind of thing and not have to worry about using a drum machine. But in this world of drum loops and having to program a click track and those kind of things, it's really important that you can know your way around a drum machine. And and especially if you can program one really fanci- you know, fanciful and um, to where it sounds really cool, like a neat sort of you know beat or something. And then if you can play along with it, then that's even better because you've created a really good click track. And if you practice, let's say, an hour with you break it down into, say, four or five different tempos and or different drum beats or different types of, you know, time signatures or something like that. And uh, you practice with uh, with the drum machine, like your headphones on, and you play with that drum machine for, let's say, an hour. That's going to help your time when you're playing with a band, say you're not playing with a click track and you're just keeping a steady beat, that drum machine kind of goes off in your head. You, you mentally think like a drum machine when you are playing a gig or when you're playing a straight time, uh, depending on what the song calls for, you know, some songs kind of speed up and, and have different time things in them. But, um, if it is a steady straight beat, which most songs are, uh, then it really does help to practice with a drum machine. And that's um, definitely one thing. Let's say day one, you practice with a drum machine. You practice programming it. You program a beat and practice with it. I saw a really cool video on YouTube of Paul Lime, who is on one of my um, earlier podcasts. I talked to Paul. And uh, I saw a video on YouTube of him talking about him programming this drum machine that he has, drum composer. And he has a set of pads. And he plays those pads. And then he quantizes it. And it makes a little loop kind of thing. Perfect time, you know, little loop. And um, a lot of times in on records, he'll be asked to create a loop or something for the song. And he has a whole library of sounds and things on there. So he created this little kind of neat little rhythm on his little pads. And then he quantized it. And he turned right... And of course, that's set up right next to his kit, right? And then he turned right around, picked up his... You know, of course, he had his sticks in his hand because he was playing those pads. And then without missing a beat... He hit the quantize button. It quantizes his little beat, turned right around, and then started playing it on the kit. And I just, I got this feeling like that that drum machine was sort of a part of his body. Like he was playing time on his real kit, like his studio kit, along with that drum machine so perfectly that it sounded all like kind of one thing. It didn't, you know, it just sounded so perfect. And of course, Paul Lyme, he's been making records for decades and decades. And that's all he's done is played that perfect groove, playing to clicks and playing to drum machines and programming drum machines and things like that. Um, So that was really inspiring to see. And it really made me want to learn how to program a drum machine and learn about how to make cool loops and things like that and then practice the drum kit with that stuff. And because, you know, you're going to be, at some point, you're going to be asked to play on a record that has a click track, and you're going to have to stay with it and 
you're going to have to kind of make it sound like you're not a drummer. You're just a, you're a good drummer keeping good time. And there's a trick to that, to playing to where it doesn't sound like you're a drum machine, but it sort of does. You're, you're playing good time, but it sounds like you're just hearing it off the top of your head. That's always a really interesting way to do it. So the next thing I'll talk about, uh, let's say day two of your practice um, routine, trying some random patterns. And what I mean by that is, um, so you've got your kit in front of you. You've got your kick and your snare and your toms and things like that. So what I would do sometimes, and this really freed me up. This is when I was talking about when I started taking lessons and my teacher, Sam, would uh, just open my mind up into different things and trying different things. So I did that. I would sit there and I would go, like, kick. And I would keep a good time, like a good uh, rhythm. But it would be kick, floor tom, snare, second tom, kick, kick, snare, snare, hi-hat, kick, tom, tom, kick, snare, tom, kick, kick, tom. T- you know, and just play along this rhythm, this sort of rhythm and keep good time, good separation between all the notes, but just totally random, as if I hit a button in my brain that said, just just play things at random. And then I would that would speed that up a little bit, and I would play these little random things, you know. And so if it were, let's say, at the end of a song where there's like a burnout, you know, like the there's no more rhythm and everybody's just going, before you hit that last note, it's what we call a burnout. Um, it really comes in handy to do that, to do these random hits. And imagine if you sped that up, that kick, snare, 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 tom, 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 tick, kick, 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 snare, snare, you know, that kind of thing. And you just randomized it, how cool that would sound up to speed. And then, of course, you know, you end with a big crash or something like that at the end of the song. It really is interesting and really cool. Tommy Aldridge, one of my favorite drummers that played with um, White Snake and Tommy Aldridge, I mean, uh, White Snake and Pat Travers. Um, Tommy Aldridge is one of my all-time favorite drummers, great double bass drummer, and he would do things like that. He could do little random things like that with the two kick drums and stuff like that. I, you could just tell that he had spent a lot of time working out those random sort of hits, and so that really inspired me a lot. So the next thing I'll talk about, number three, say it's day number three, and you are going to practice the next thing. I would say, like I was talking about triplets, how I worked out those triplets, I would go between triplets and start out really slow like kick floor tom snare kick or let's just say on the toms kick floor tom high tom kick floor tom high tom kick floor tom middle tom kick middle tom high tom and just kind of go and try and speed those up if you can but not to where they're uneven keep them Keep them as even, and I mean hit them hard too. Don't just like, don't just like tap around. I mean I'm talking like with power, because that's what's going to develop that muscle memory. And so you're hitting the kick really hard, and you're hitting the tom, and you're hitting the other tom, and you're just getting some power into it. But then that speed will come with time. You'll start speeding up a little bit, and just as long as it stays even. If it's if it's uneven, you stop and you go back to slow again. You start slow again, ridiculously slow if you have to, to where it's comfortable, and you just keep that up. And then on that same practice routine, practice quads. Quads are where you go, uh, it's four beats. It's like kick, kick, right, left, kick, kick, right, left. And let's say you're going across the tom, so it'd be kick, kick, high tom, high tom, kick, kick, middle tom, middle tom, kick, kick, floor tom, floor tom, kick, kick, high tom, high tom. 
So it sounds something like like that, almost like you got a double bass kit. And I started practicing those a long time ago, those quads, because I used to play double bass years ago, and I just finally just gave up on that whole thing because it was just so it was so tough to haul around another kick drum and another microphone and another case and all that stuff. It just got I didn't really need to the double bass, but I learned how to play double bass licks with one kick drum. And I practiced a lot doing quads to where I could do kind of double bass type things um, where, it, where it was like the quads across the toms really, really fast. I got a really fast foot. And uh, that only came from practice, from practicing. And I would say do that for 30 minutes or more at least. Um, 30 minutes of quads if you can, if you can go that long, um, and try some triplets in there and just practice, spend a whole like hour doing nothing but triplets and quads. That would you. I promise you that will make you a better either soloist or at the end of songs or whatever. You know, just it's really cool to be able to do that to be, do that evenly, to where it sounds, you know, like you really know what you're doing. Where you know, it's not it's not kind of jumbly sounding. It's like really really tight. So the next thing, number four on the fourth day of your practice week, um, we're gonna practice just on the practice pad or the snare, whatever. Um, and this is a good thing if you live in an apartment or something, you don't have a place to, or if you, that day, for instance, someone's home and you don't want to bother them or something like that, just a regular practice pad. And you just go right, right, left, left, right, right, left, left, right, right, left, left. And I started practicing that when I was about 19. I had a drum, a different drum teacher, Dave Miller. He was a jazz drummer, and I took private lessons from him. He taught me a lot. And especially about sort of that technique, he got me going on the right, right, left, left, which is which is just a straight roll. It's just a normal, just a roll, right, right, left, left, right, right, left, left. Um, so he got me on that, and I started practicing that. And I got to where I would sit in front of the TV for hours and hours with the, my little practice pad on the bed or sitting in my lap or something like that, and I would... And I would just go right, right, left, left, right, right, left, left, right, right, left, left, right, right, left, left. And I would just try and keep speeding it up and try and keep the sticks kind of close together if I could. And if I ever clicked them together or kind of messed up or got all sloppy, I would stop and I would start slow again. And then just kind of, and so over the years, it has helped me so much in my speed. Now I can, now I'm just able to do a a complete buzz roll, not a buzz roll, but a complete straight roll like that. Um, Yeah. Um, without any problem and it's really helped my playing a lot like in the middle of a song I can do that it just sounds really cool to be able to do that nice fast little roll that kind of almost sounds like a little machine gun it's like it's really cool and then okay so number five I would say to say it's the fifth day of your practice week pick an album that you now I know you can't probably do this in one sitting this would be difficult but at least you can it's something you can work on um i used to know a bass player and i do not remember his name uh dave watson i think was his name he was a good friend of mine and he told me this is back in the 80s he told me that he got in this habit of he would go buy a record of somebody if it was like the oakridge boys or if it was toto or something like that he would buy a record and he would learn every song on that record and that just that sounded insane to me it's just like a lot of work for for nothing I mean it seemed like you're just learning these songs I would be more apt to just learn the songs that I needed to learn or I wanted to learn but he made a habit out of 
buying an album and learning every song on the album, playing bass. And um, that was pretty phenomenal, and that stuck with me for a long time. And uh, I now I will not say that I do that all the time. I have done that before if it was an album I really liked, but I'm just saying as a practice routine, it would be really advantageous for a young drummer to, to because learning songs is a great skill to have. A lot of people, some people do it better than others. Your memory, your your memory in your brain of how a song is structured and how you remember it and how you recall it and that kind of thing. And you never know. Someday you may be filling in with somebody and they may play a song that you learned on that record and go, oh yeah, I know how to play that song. So, Definitely one good practice routine would be to pick an album that you like and this you could you could you could spread this out over weeks if you wanted to um, one day a week choose this is your album learning day um, choose the album that you want to learn and then start with the first song and listen to it and then play along with it with your headphones and if you if you don't get it and you mess up stop start over again and play it from the beginning again and then as you keep doing that, You'll keep. You'll get to the part that you that you missed or that you forgot, and then you'll know it. And then you keep going, and then you mess up again, and then you start it over. So what that does, that re- repetition of starting it over, you, you're starting it over so many times. You've got that intro down because you've played it so many times, and then then you get to where you can play the whole song all the way through, and then you start it again, and you play the whole song all the way through again. So yeah, so pick an album you really like, learn the whole album all the way through. And then once you've mastered that whole album, you can move on to the next album or whatever you know you think. But choose an album that you, the music you enjoy, or just out of random, just pick one that you think might be challenging, and that will that will create in your brain a learning curve that uh, you'll when you get in a band and you're in a band and you're expected to learn these songs, you'll already have a routine that, that you know how to, you feel comfortable with learning songs and you've, you're already kind of good at it. So, yeah. So I would say for practice, um, I would say definitely at least 30 minutes a day, if you can, um, you can practice whatever you feel like practicing. Uh, If there's something you want to learn, if something you want to technique, you want to learn, or uh, like I said, these five things, if you want to pick one a day to do that, those are, I think if you did those five days a week and you did each one of those things for for each day and then take a couple of days off, whatever, you know, and then start again, start with programming a drum machine, stay with it uh, the next day, random patterns, just keep time with those random patterns. Day three, triplets and quads, practice that for 30 minutes to an hour doing nothing but those and day four right right left left right right left left right right left left and you could probably add in some paradiddles too that's right left right right left right left left right left right right you know what paradiddles are if you're any kind of drummer and you sort of know what some of the rudiments are paradiddles are kind of a thing you know everybody everybody plays them and everybody some people are better than others and i i've always had a problem with with paradiddles because it's just it's a strange kind of right left right right left right left left but over the years I've gotten a little bit better at it and that's one of the things I like to practice on the practice pad and then maybe on the fifth day you can pick an album that you really like and learn that album 
and uh, be better at learning songs, you know, and uh, figure out in your brain how to structure a song and how to remember each part. Sometimes I would have these little things like, um, I know for a while there I was thinking of, I would think of a song as sort of like a, a house. You enter in the house and that's the intro and, you know, how many beats that is, like how many steps, whatever. And then um, the first verse was like the sort of living room or something. And then the uh, first chorus is like the kitchen. And, you know, I would just sort of visualize in my mind what the parts of the song looked like to me. And that helped me a little bit. And then I moved to Nashville and started learning how to read charts like music charts, number charts, and that sort of took over my brain. And now I think when I hear a song and I'm learning a song, I I see the chart in my mind. It's kind of changed my way of learning a song. But uh, whatever you do, however you learn the song, come up with your own way of learning that song. And I think that you'll find that you will become a better and better drummer as you go along because practice really does make perfect. And if you just keep practicing and you just keep on practicing, you find a place and the time and all that, and you work out all these problems and get out of your comfort zone, practice triplets, practice, you know, and hey, if you get up to Travis Barker, you know, world and you want to practice six to eight hours a day and you have the place and the time, I would say go for it. That would just be awesome. It's only going to make you a better drummer. All the repetition and muscle memory of that. So have a good time. Practice, practice, practice. Make it perfect and make you a great drummer. And hopefully we'll see you out there on the road playing what you practiced. And uh, y'all have a good time. And uh, I'll see you soon.